Welcome to The Kindness Project, the podcast designed to share stories of kindness and share how kindness can make positive change in our world, one small act at a time. This time on The Kindness Project, cold foods, salt play, and we have part two of our interview with Ben Bay. Welcome to The Kindness Project. Kindness Project. I'm joined... <laughs> oh, we've got a food tune. I'm joined by someone who is a bubble of energy and likes to sneak into my bed for late night movies. Not it's, me. It's, <laughs> it's Sophie Names. And I am joined by a man um, who likes to sneak into Charlotte. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Right, now that is not true. I you, never, you came and me I, up this morning, I was every, trying to listen to no, my movie soundtrack. This, I, let's be honest, right, every now and again, I do pop in to Charlotte's bedroom and have a little cuddle, okay? I don't do it in the middle of the night, that would be weird. She does it. That would be weird. Sometimes I ask for a little cuddle from you, but before we start talking about inappropriate and appropriate cuddling, I'd like to, I'd like to introduce Russell. Who loves an inappropriate cuddle, apparently? Russell! Uh, also a sword fight. You know? And, <laughs> a, uh, and a he loves a, and he loves a sword fight. Uh, oh, we'll talk about sword fighting in a minute. But first, I'm joined not, by not, not uh, real sword fighting, fake sword fighting. Okay, I'm joined by a girl who might be doing every single question of the podcast coming up. It's Charlotte oh, Dames. No, no. And the reason being, and we'll come on to some fight in a minute, but the reason being is because you asked a question of the podcast, which was this week's, what's your favourite cold food? And I thought it wasn't a particularly... I was uh, hungry, what can I say? I, w- I thought it wasn't a particularly... What can I say? <laughs> You're welcome. Good song. Um, I... I I thought it was going to go down like... A lead balloon. Cold semolina. But it's going down <laughs> like a pizza, cold pizza in the fridge oh. that you just want to eat, oh. like, the following lunchtime. They're, they're, my, they're my two extremes. Cold semolina, don't touch it. Cold pizza in the fridge. Bin it. No, no, eat it. I'm eating, I'm eating the lunchtime cold pizza. So let me ask you a question, though, before we get on to... You, fake you poking. What is it? I mean, we're not really talking about sword fighting because what I've experienced since Russ has come down is basically, basically, you poking him quite a lot with a sword, and Russ will go in and not know what to say. And I did suggest we have a conversation with him today. I don't like conversations. That's why. You, you're guest hosting the podcast. What's the conversation? I'm not going to have a conversation. No, just when I'm bored, I don't like having a conversation. It makes me even more bored. Okay, so what do you like to do when you're bored? Poke people with salt? Yes. It's made of foam, if that makes it any better. She wasn't using my wooden one, so... She was at one point. (laughs) I was, I was, I was. Are you high-fiving violence? (laughs) No, I'm high-fiving sword play. I mean, what I'm worried about is... You're, you're, high, you're high-fiving sword play. <laughs> yeah. Playing with fake Sometimes swords. I think you're Victorian. I'm, high, I'm high-fiving sword play. Who's ever said that? A couple of people, for yeah. sure. I'm what? High, I'm high-fiving gruel. Um, oh, no. No one ever high-fives gruel unless um, you work for someone who's, who's giving gruel? Gruel's like a porridge thing they used porridge. to do. Porridge. Remember, they, used, they fed it to Oliver Twist. 
Have you ever heard the story of Oliver Twist? No, but I have been fed very watery porridge today. By who? The, peer, the, the fairy people. Um, the fairy people. Russ, how do you feel about getting stabbed by a sword <laughs> for the past week? It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Chopping your head off might make her happy. We're not going to let her do it. I'm not going to. Give me a go once. Oh, thank you. So, that's, that's the only time you're going to give it a go once. Sorry, Sophie, you just said you're not going to, right? No, no, I'm just going to poke him with my fake sword. Right, but it, let's say you poke him and like a balloon, he goes like that. <laughs> Too bad. Too bad. Too bad. He's a balloon. There's really no fixing it if that happens. What? Where, like, if you pop Russell when he explodes <laughs> like a balloon, there is no way of fixing it. We there can get some helium and yeah. a balloon pump. You know what? It, kids, don't try this uh, because it is dangerous. But have you ever seen on YouTube or something like that somebody oh, suck that, helium that. through a. Into, and their voice changes, that, yeah. doesn't it? Now, it's, I'm saying this to the seven-year-old in the room. Don't do it because it is quite dangerous. Uh, but also quite funny it. when you hear it. <laughs> <laughs> I only sucked that much in. Uh, and what happened? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, favourite... Uh, we've, we've, I mean, like a future question of the podcast could be... What's your favourite hobby? And Sophie's would be poking Russell with a sword. <laughs> um, but what's your what favourite... What about the question of podcast? My head. Well, today's question of the podcast yeah. is what's your favourite cold food? So what's yours, Sophie? Spaghetti. Spaghetti. Charlotte? Potato salad. Potato oh, salad. Oh, good choice. I was thinking, you know, tuna... Tuna mayo sweet corn pasta, but potato oh, salad. Oh yes. With like chive and yeah. Mayonnaise and um, would you, so sorry. So if you're going back to your spaghetti, are you saying cold spaghetti, jar spaghetti, or cold spaghetti and meatballs? Cold spag bowl. Spag bowl, amazing. And what's yours, Russ? Definitely not cold spag bowl. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say that. It, the, the, the salt might come out. Oh, you yeah. Chorizo. I've heard you like a good sausage. I, 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 I heard that. Um, uh, so, what we'd like to know, listeners, is what's your favourite cold food? And if you'd like to throw in your least favourite cold food, Please, go ahead. Please, yeah, go ahead. Do it. Enjoy um, yourself. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do now, it. Now there's a wide range of ways you can get in touch with us. The MySpace, the Jeeves, Ask Jeeves, Jeeves the Friends Reunited. Ask Goggle. Ask Goggle. But the three most popular ways people get in touch are Facebook, Twitter, and email. Of course. Facebook, Twitter, and email. Now, Sophie, I know you've jumped on the podcast a few times. Do you know what the Twitter handle is? No. If people can get in touch with us, you're sacked. Charlotte, do you know what the t- Twitter handle is? At Holokindness. At Holokindness. Do you know... <laughs> Sophie, last chance, you're not sacked, you're re- rehired. As long as you can get... No. The 
email address. None. You're sacked again. Hollow at thekindnessproject.co.uk. And uh, Sophie, if people want to find us on Facebook, how do they do that? All they do, simply, you're definitely sacked, is your B45. Um, all, all they do is they put in their search bar, The Kindness Project, and we... And it works on Google as well. It does. We are top of Google for The Kindness Project. So just put The Kindness Project into Google, and you'll find us immediately. Oh, and plus we're, what, the 17th happiest? I reckon we're at least 15th now. Um, so we try our best. We do. We we do. We do try. So, have you got any? What else has, have you been up to this week, Charlotte? School. School. Jinx. And it's your first week back, isn't it? My last year of, of the last year of secondary school. How do you feel about it? Nah. Tired. <laughs> I'm tired. I've been back two days, and I don't really want to go. <laughs> go back and Daddy. Away. You 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 Daddy. know what? You know when what? are you going back to school? Uh, I, I, I never stop studying. I've got an exam in a month. <laughs> so I'm always at school. I've got 140 days to my But you are not alone, Charlotte, because this week has been... It's my first proper week <laughs> like after the summer back at work. Um, I'm struggling a bit as well. It's been quite a tough week. You're back on Monday, aren't you, Sophie? How are you feeling about it? On Monday, I never go to work. On Tuesday, I stay at home. On, on, on Wednesday, I'm never fit to find. Work is the last thing on my mind. You forgot the words to that song. How are you feeling about going back to school? On Monday, I really like school. I really like it. You really like it? Okay, so what are you looking forward to? Because you're in a, you're now in junior school, aren't you? So what, what do you think is going to be different between junior and and, and baby school? Harder? Why are you looking at me like that? It's not baby school. It's, well, infant school is... Is it called infant school? Yeah. 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 What's an infant? It's like just above a baby, isn't it? So what are you calling this one? Just, just junior? Yes. Okay, fine. And what are you looking forward to the most? School. About your new school. Friends. Friends. Are all your friends from your old school going to your new school? I don't know. That much. Glad you're so prepared for <laughs> for Monday. Two uh, when, when you go to school, Russ? I'm not. You know, he's he's done with school. He's he's, he's completely off school. He's, he's, he's not going back to school again. Done, done, school. All up. Eternal summer holidays. His life is this podcast, Charlotte. I thought we helped you a bit as well. It does help me a bit. It helps me. It does help me a bit. It helps me a lot. A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. A lot. Can I, before we go on to the interview, can I just say one thing? Uh, this podcast apparently is about kindness, and I want to share something that Sophie did yesterday that I thought was an amazing bit of kindness. Now, if you're about to say, "Help me with a song." <laughs> <laughs> um, it was so um, uh, Russell was trying to lose a bit of weight at the minute and to aid that weight loss Sophie poked him with the salt quite a lot so he had to wobble a bit more therefore losing a few extra calories and maybe if he does if Charlotte if Sophie pokes him really hard he will explode and that would be losing quite a lot of weight um, and no. there's, there's literal sense to cut the calories <laughs> <laughs> 
Fantastic. <laughs> I got this. Oopsie. Yeah, yeah. Where's, where's Russ? I was just up there on that wall. No, he just, he went, shh. Splat. Splat. No, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, uh, Sophie did completely off her own back, but I thought it was amazing. Um, we uh, went into London yesterday because it, it was last day before school, wasn't it? I had a tiny, whiny hot chocolate. You did have a tiny, whiny and hot chocolate. And I had a free hot chocolate. Oh, and now I know Well, we walked across the road. I bought a coffee and a bit of cake for us for the train. Okay? And, cake. and Sophie decided to give um, the lady a little thank you note with a smiley face on. And she, she went, big smile on her face, Thank you, that's really appreciated. So it worked the first time. Second time, we were in Fretham on Jay in uh, by Fenchurch Street. I had a free hot chocolate. And um, uh, walked up to the counter, uh, ordered a hot chocolate because we were having a chill. And, and I was really cold. And Sophie smiled and the lady gave us... A free hot, a hot chocolate. chocolate for free. Now I said to Soph, I need to drag her around London because that never happens to me. I never get free hot chocolates. Um, but I said to Sophie, as you wrote a little thank you note for that lady in the station, can you write a thank you note for her? And you did a nice big one, did you? Thank you for my hot chocolate. Free hot chocolate. And she had a big, broad, beaming smile on her face and absolutely appreciated the the little note. Do you remember so. that time we were abroad and I didn't have any money to give the man as a tip, so I wrote, wrote a piece of life advice and a receipt. What life advice did you give him? I never remember. <laughs> never give up. <laughs> never give up. Never um, give up. May, maybe in a future podcast we'll do life advice, but for now, should we get on the show? Yes, we should. So, this week we've got part two of an interview with a man called Ben Payne. Now, I met Ben Payne jumping out of a plane <laughs> in the rain. It wasn't in the rain. No, it's a um, very sunny day. It was sunny. My eyes hurt. Um, and uh, Ben, ben is involved in, uh, used to be involved in the Ministry of Stories, has now left there, but agreed very kindly to come on and talk to us about the Ministry of Stories, which was amazing. But me and Sophie was having a conversation Dad? about... Yeah. Did you meet him in... Is, was Ben Payne the guy that um, was on your back? No, no. I Ben Payne wasn't the guy that was on my back. The guy that was on my back when I jumped out of a plane was um, uh, I can't remember his name. I think it was Brad. Ben Payne. No. Ben. Payne. Ben was in front ben of him. <laughs> Could have been Ben Payne actually, but Ben uh, was the guy who jumped out before me. Um, <laughs> Ben Yeah. So, <laughs> and he's very smart. Ben Grain. Um, let's not even go there. No, and Ben Gain. Um, so, no, it wasn't the guy I jumped out with, but he jumped out before me. If you remember, because you were there that day, he had a T-shirt on from a charity called the Ministry of Stories. I don't remember that. No. Um, and I said to him, I was meant to come to one of your events a couple of weeks ago. Couldn't make it. But I invited him on the podcast to talk about the amazing work he does. Now you should, you two should love the work he does because what he does is he, he works at the Hoxton Monster Supply. He does, he does. He works at Hoxton. Well, Mons- did past tense. <laughs> oh, 
Oh, I be. Um, uh, but yeah, so uh, Ben helps children write better stories. That's what he used to do through his work with the Ministry of the Stories. Shall we listen to the second part of the interview? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Um, Charlotte's got a question for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's your favourite story that is, or thing that's happened during your work at the Ministries of Stories? Oh. <laughs> I suppose where, it's where? hard to, yeah, where do you start, I'd imagine? Where, where do you start? Where do you start? Yeah. I, think, I think the things that I've found in really inspiring and really sort of endorse what we do is where you see really immediately or directly the change that happens in, yeah. a, in a child or young person. In attitude, what, in, what, in, in outlook, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so it can, be a, it can be like a little moment. So I remember in a film that we did um, about a songwriting project uh, called Share More Air. Okay. Um, and um, we captured them. At, what, what that project was about was uh, about 50 children wrote original song lyrics. Um, and then they were given to kind of professional bands and musicians to turn into, you know, fully produced. Oh, amazing. Songs. Yeah. So, um, so who wrote, they, who, I mean, who they, wrote the tunes? I mean, just beautiful and amazing, all from the kind of imaginations of, you know, eight to 12 year olds. So, yeah. really. Who, who, really who wrote the, who wrote the um, melodies? Was it the musicians themselves? It was the musicians, yeah. So they, they did have some conversations with the, the children and young people about what their sort of intentions were with the with the pieces of music. But the idea was that they they worked for quite a while on crafting the song and then they gave them to the musicians and bands to take away from them. Amazing. And in, in the video, what happens is, I mean, I can send it to you so you can see the moment. Yeah, we'll put it in the um, show notes, yeah. It, it's a child's in front of a laptop and it's you know press play and he hears his song being played back to him for the first time now that sounds amazing that sounds yeah yeah, yeah. just your words turn into a, a medium that you you know you you love you know absolutely yeah. love that um, and and it you know it's absolutely about about that it's about that that sense that it becomes possible and you suddenly see the words that you've put out in the world coming back to you yeah. and being responded to in the most extraordinary way. Yeah, well, and, you know, not, and not every child gets that, but, yeah. you know, that's what we're trying to do on a, on a daily basis yeah. is in small ways and in different ways to affect that kind Inspire of change. People, yeah. Um, okay, so Charlotte's going to ask, ask the next one as well because she has been... We haven't visited yet, have we, Charlotte? But no. you're, it's been in your list for ages, so I'll it's let you. Oh, good. Yeah. Um, I'll, 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 ask, I'll, I'll let you ask questions, Evan. So many spelling errors in this one sentence. It's incredible. <laughs> right, why are you critiquing my writing when we're on? I, I can't Ben's understand. Had this email. Ben's had the... I can't understand what it's meant to say. I'm right. like, I don't mean spelling, oh, oh. I meant grammar. Right, okay, no, the grammar is awful. I've read it myself, the grammar is awful. But thanks for the critique. I appreciate it. I can't understand um, what it's trying to say. Well, um, where does Hoxton Street Monster Supplies fit in with the Ministry of Sur- Sur- Stories? And um, what does it sell? <laughs> 
Because you, do you know? I mean, not a clue. Before, before I just want to go have a, have a look before, at you, Before you start, Ben, let's just, I just want to give Charlotte an opportunity to not critique my writing. Thank you very much for that. Ah, so worth it. Uh, but um, just, where did you learn about Oxen Street monster supplies? Because you told me about that, didn't you? I was looking for things to do. I got bored. You got bored. You were looking for things to do. And what was the thing that you... you uh, uh, we ended up going to that tequila Oh, we did, didn't we? Yeah. yeah so, but you, Hongston Street Monster Supplies is yeah, still on your still list. On my list. So, can you tell us a little bit about it and, and what it does? Yes, absolutely. Well, Hongston Street Monster Supplies is um, a real shop and it's a shop for monsters. So, it's not a shop about monsters. So, what we sell in the shop is things that monsters need on an everyday basis. Okay. So, some examples of that are. We sell breath fresheners for zombies, yeah. and we sell um, kind of monsters are not really allowed to go around just eating humans, kind of willy nilly now. So we um, serve up uh, kind of human preserves, so okay. discreet packed pieces of human uh, in jam form. Okay, cool. Um, and that is something that they can go in and buy, and uh, kind of passes as jams and preserves. Right. Uh, we also sell tinned fear because monsters like humans sometimes have bad days. They don't feel that they're really up to it and they're not feeling very scary. So a bit like canned laughter, we sell tinned fear. And the tin, the fear comes in different grades. So the mildest dose is a vague sense of unease and then it goes right up to mortal terror, which is the sort of strongest dose. I would have seen a mortal terror. <laughs> I don't think I'd ever open a tin of mortal terror. But just I want a tin of slight unease. <laughs> what other grades of you? We 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 quite like buying fear. We, that's a that's a revelation, Charlotte. What other what other grades have you got, Ben? Uh, there's a vague sense of unease. Um, there is the collie wobbles. Um, I think the next grade up is heebie-jeebies. Oh, the heebie-jeebies! Um, no, the next grade is escalating panic, <laughs> then the heebie-jeebies, <laughs> and then mortal terror. Uh, I, 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 just, I want to invite somebody in and go, look, I want to be a, hospitable. Would you like a cup of tea? And a, a can beer, of heebie-jeebies. A cup of tea, a beer, a gin, or to, gin and tonic. Alternatively, you can have a can of heebie-jeebies. <laughs> I mean, I just want to offer that to a guest at some point in the future. Oh, I love that. I love that. Um, so it, it, it basically does two things, I think, really. Um, so it is a real shop. So we, you know, people, humans can go and shop there and buy, buy stuff. And it contributes to the, you know, it, it, it contributes to the income of the, the charity, which yeah. is a great thing. Yeah. Um, but it also, I guess, operates as a sort of manifestation of some of the kind of imagination values that we've talked about. So yeah. it's there between a dry cleaner, a real dry cleaner, and a nail bar on the other side. And um, you literally walk in as a child, as an adult, off an ordinary street into this, you know, fully created space, which is a story, basically. Yeah. Yeah, it's an imaginative space that says, "Well, it's completely possible for their shop to be 
shop for monsters to exist and we have a you know a volunteer shopkeeper whose job is to tell the story behind the shop that it was founded in 1818 by Igor who had to flee a torch-bearing mob from Transylvania (laughs) wanted to serve the local monster clientele and this is where he decided to set up his shop um... and then when and then when children come, you know, it's a way of disrupting expectations, I guess. Yeah. And they have to find the secret door in the shelves that will take them through to ministry stories that exists the other side of the shelves. Love it. Uh, Absolutely yeah. love it. Um, and, 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 and is Hoxton a big place for Monster Congregation then? I'd, I'd, I mean, I'd, I'd imagine they, it's quite a, quite a populated place to, to, to live if you're a monster. I thought there, we'd live there in the are, there or are many monsters living in the area. Yeah, I'm from East London, so I can say that, Ben. So I, 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 I sort of know that. Um, and, um, I know that uh, when I was doing my research on the Ministry of Stories, you also do one-to-one mentoring. Is that just part of the process? How does that work? Yeah, that is, that's a really fundamental part of the model, really. So, we, I mean, we believe that children and young people make progress with their writing um, through getting some form of one-to-one support. Yeah which, as I say, is not always possible for a teacher to do. There's somebody to, you know, listen to your ideas, to ask the right kind of questions, to be encouraging, you know, to be a kind of sounding board to get the ideas out, to develop them, and then see it through to a kind of finished piece of work. So that that effectively is what those mentors do, and it's it's an extraordinarily important part of the, the the mission and how we deliver the work really amazing um and i suppose i suppose now you've you've sort of uh, you've broken ties with the ministry of stories oh. and you're on to on to pastures now do you know what the future holds for the ministry of stories yeah i mean i think the there is a real desire to kind of um expand the program within london so we have slightly expanded as as um, i'm aware was sort of happening in the few months before i left to kind of schools that are outside those three boroughs okay um but i think we've also i think a really important thing that we've also done is we've mentored and supported two other organizations one in Yorkshire in Rotherham and one down in Brighton to basically set up and duplicate run. the process. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And, and the last kind of thing that I was doing was actually looking at how it how it could go further than that. So, running a kind of training program for people who want to not necessarily set up a whole new centre with a shop and everything that you need with that, but to yeah. kind of learn from the training and the methodology that we we do to basically set up programs that are you know right for children and young people all across the country and that that ultimately would be a brilliant thing that i would hope yeah the ministry would be able to achieve is that sort of sense that you know anywhere in the country a child has got access to this kind of support yeah i mean i, I think personally with my business head on you're missing an opportunity because 
I'd I'd like to go to my local Tesco's and buy a can of heebie-jeebie, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, I, I just think I just think right. We we need to we we need to sort Today of. Today I need a moderate beer level. How about a heebie-jeebie? <laughs> um, and 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 the interesting thing is, you're talking to us about the Ministry of Stories today, but you're not there anymore. So what's the future hold for you? Uh, yeah, well, I'm I'm uh, kind of pursuing some of the writing projects that I've had on hold for okay. quite a long time while okay. I've been doing the ministry, so that's been good. But um, uh, I am setting up a partnership with uh, a, a guy called Gerald Richards, who is actually the CEO of um, the, the network of American centres that I was talking about okay. earlier. Okay. Uh, and he he finished up his job there about eighteen months ago and has relocated to the UK. Okay. Really, we're really interested in sort of passionate about helping other charities and other organisations set up, start up, establish themselves and, and replicate. And, you know, hopefully we, what we can do is to help them do that um, with our kind of support and advice and maybe not to make some of the mistakes that we we made, but also in a more positive way that actually helps them to kind of get, you know, get their mission out there and get out helping the people that they want to help with their work. And so that's something that we're really excited about. Yeah, and we're just going. We're 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 literally sort of six weeks six into weeks the process. In, what do what do you what do you really think? Nice what do you think the biggest mistake that if you did it again that you'd potentially avoid? Um, that what's the biggest mistake you made in the setup of the charity? Or oh, that's a good question. Um... I think the thing that really held us back when it was just Lucy and Lucy and I as the sort of founders, yeah. it, but we we were probably at that time both kind of naturally quite risk averse. Okay. And 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 we were actually coming from a, a quite a different mindset from having worked in um, sort of. Uh, artistic institutions and had a whole sort of set of ideas about you know what we'd done before and we were very good at we were very good at telling the story of the organization and I think that's sometimes something that some founders and some charities sort of struggle with how yeah. to how to get their you know what they do story across, across in a way that's yeah. interesting and compelling and but is authentic to them. Yeah. I think we were all right at that, but I think we we realised that we really needed to ask people for help. Yeah. And we couldn't do it all on our own. When you're setting up something that is a sort of voluntary organisation or a non-profit, you really need people to get involved to support your mission yeah. and. You know, if you ask people, people if they believe in what you do as a charity, will genuinely do the most so, brilliant yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. help get it yeah. off the ground. Yeah. So we literally had to get better at asking people, yeah. and that that's that's what switched it into not just being about us and us trying to do it, but becoming a kind of movement to get this thing. Yeah off the ground and happening sometimes there's a fear of doing that isn't there there's the fear of rejection in terms of yeah like going, like, yeah uh, and the fear that or... you're going to get it wrong and that, well, i think um we did get things wrong but because we were doing it in a way that was thought thoughtful 
Yeah. And we, you know, we tried things out in a small way and began to hold, develop a whole way of doing sort of innovation and, yeah. and you know, prototyping things. We just got more confident that rather than, you know, we were going to make a mistake and it was going to screw everything up. We, yeah. we made a mistake. We would learn from the mistake and be able to do something. Yeah, I, I think, I think generally speaking, I mean, my experience is that if your intentions are good and your values yeah. are... People know that you're genuine, authentic, and you're trying your best. Often mistakes are forgivable in any walk of life, aren't they? Do you know what I mean? Because because people know that you've not done anything intentionally. You've tried your hardest, but sometimes sometimes things go wrong. I think you know yeah. you've just got to. Yeah, just and, and in a strange way, that's exactly what we're trying to support the children with to sort of understand that you know. Yeah. Um, I quite like the idea that creativity is actually mistakes. That if yeah. you're a child and you're going to write something, you know, it's going it, to, you're not necessarily going to get everything right. And actually, the fun thing is learning from the things that you don't quite get right. And, you know, yeah. And yeah. the random stuff and the stuff that doesn't make sense is actually yeah. the exciting and fun yeah. stuff. So, yeah, yeah, creating it, creating an organisation where it, it is okay to kind of do that, and that's yeah. part of the learning and the process is yeah. is really important. Yeah, sometimes I think we sometimes forget that as adults, though, don't we? That's the challenge. It's like sort yeah, of yeah, creative, yeah. like just making mistakes and learning from it comes natural as kids. But it's uh, sometimes <laughs> well, as adults, it's how they learn. It's yeah, how yeah. They learn. You know, whereas yeah. as adults, we get very sort of worried that yeah. we're going to be punished for, yeah. you know, we're yeah. going to look stupid or, yeah. you know, and it's very, yeah. sometimes it's very counterproductive, that sort I, of. You know, you know what's interesting? I've written an article uh, recently. Um, I think it's going out on on the work website um, on Thursday about mental health because um, I, I think there's a and again nothing to do with what we do as a business, but I just think somebody needs to stand up and go. You know what? If if you if you're struggling, you need to talk about it. You are not going to be judged for being authentic. You know, I had a guy who we do some work with, who um, phoned me on Monday and said, "Like, and I've made a commitment to you, but I'm really struggling emotionally at the minute and and mentally." And actually, I was my first reaction, Ben, was super brave, but I shouldn't have felt that. Do you know what I mean? I should have felt that actually he should be able to say that and me too man and i did i said like you know uh, completely with you take the time you need i'm on the phone if you need me just 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 let me help but i think there was a fear in his voice where he 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 didn't know how i was going to react and there was an intimidation and i thought you know that's really brave of him to to admit Mm. that i think we need to encourage more of that conversation around people being vulnerable enough to say like, number one, as you say, I need help, but also um, uh, I'm struggling, and you need to sort of cut me, cut me some slack a bit. I think yeah, it's yeah. interesting, Mark. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, so before we um, tell our audience about um, where they can find us and um, or where they can find you and all about you, one of the things we do on the podcast, and we are seventy as we record this. I'm not sure when your podcast is going to be going out, but as we record this, we are. 75 episodes in so we've been doing this a while now um every every week 
we ask our audience a question. Now that question typically isn't kindness related. It can be related uh, to anything. And we get a bunch of normally quite amusing answers, Charlotte. We have a giggle. We have a giggle um, uh, uh, on the answer. So I want to ask you some questions. And I thought okay. a really good one to start would be, um, and I just want to put some context to this. We were talking on the podcast, was it last week, Charlotte? Um, and Charlotte shared a story about when she fell over a rock onto a cat. Um, now, what's the strangest thing you fell on, over, or off? Now, you can't say out of a plane because that was intentional. So that it needs to be an accidental story of when you've fell on, over, or off something strange. Fell over something strange. Oh my goodness. I, well, I don't know it was falling over something strange, but I, I got out of a taxi right. <laughs> in London probably about 10 years ago. Okay. And um, I think I made the taxi driver's night because it was one of those really, really heavy snowfall Oh, winters where right. the snow was literally sort of stacked up and i got out of the cab and this was before ubers and things like that yeah. and we'd been having a little chat yeah <laughs> he dropped me off and i gave him the money and i said thank you very much and then i just tripped straight oh, no. Snow. <laughs> oh no was it was um was alcohol involved ben uh I don't think it was. <laughs> oh, I'm actually, I'm, I'm actually pretty awful, awfully clumsy. I'm not. I'm not the most coordinated right. people, yeah. which was why why I think my nearest and dearest were really quite concerned about the jumping out of the plane thing. Yeah, they went, you are probably one of the clumsiest people <laughs> that I know. Yeah, you, you don't. You don't. You don't want to be clumsy that high up either. That's the thing, do you? <laughs> Um, uh, what, what, in your opinion, is the greatest man-made wonder of the world? Oh, lordy, these are difficult questions. The greatest man-made wonder of the world. I would say probably... Uh, I always think of the pyramids in Egypt. Okay, fair enough. Um, fair enough. Just... just, just... <laughs> okay, so... So, Charlotte, so Charlotte's, Charlotte's got one for you. Charlotte's got one for you. See, Ben, can right. you hear me? Ben. It's going slightly, slightly. Right, let, let me log out and I'll come back. Two seconds, just bear with me. Just press record. That's fine. That's working. So let me just. Charlotte's going to ask you a question, okay. which is. So if you were on the Great British Bake Off, the final, what would you bake? Is the showstopper what? of the Great British Bake Off? What are you going to bake? What am I going to bake? Well, I I have to say the pro the, the bits of Bake Off that I've seen that I've been really impressed by is when they make something massive out of biscuits. <laughs> oh, I love it. Now, that... Like some huge architectural sort of 
thing or they yeah like St Paul's Cathedral this. and it's out of shortbread or something it's like a, yeah, a shortbread yeah, yeah. St Paul's I mean, they Cathedral are, they are amazing so yeah. I would I, I, I probably like to create like a sort of dinosaur jungle out of biscuits love it oh. and that brings us on to a Probably one of our most contentious questions of all time. What's the world's best biscuit? I mean, did you remember that? Oh my god! We, it, 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 the Jaffa cake oh, debate. Well, you know what? We, we somebody mentioned Jaffa cakes, and it all went it all went wrong, Ben. Because well, yeah. they're officially not biscuits. Oh, I know. Are they? I know. Are biscuits is a whole thing about it. Yeah, I think we almost I lost. Should definitely interview about that. Is our the the guy who used to be our lawyer and helped to set up Ministry of Stories. He's a used to be our company secretary, and he is a he is a, a an actual expert in biscuits. What he doesn't know about biscuits is nothing. You just don't. Well, <laughs> so he's a, he's a biscuit aficionado, is he? He's a right. biscuit connoisseur. Is that is that professionally? Because I know there was a because when we started talking about biscuits on the podcast, somebody did mention that there was legal action to prove yes. that the Jaffa yes. cakes were actually a cake, not a biscuit. And I, I, I think they were proven to be a cake, weren't yeah. they? Yeah. But yeah. He knows all about that because he's he's also a, he's also a lawyer. Um, yeah. You know about intellectual property. So. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> Someone else is okay. So, what, what's, what, what's your favourite biscuit? Oh, I I'm a, I quite like the dark chocolate digestives if nice. I'm really Ooh. pushed. Good, to, good choice. Yeah, it's a fairly fairly sort of standard, but I like the dark chocolate on them. No, the classic, the classics are the best with a twist. Yeah. Is, is there's good. an air of sort of sophistication. <laughs> dark dark chocolate, Ben. Well. Dark chocolate, Ben, because you're worth it. What's um, with white chocolate? <laughs> Jesus. Okay, okay. Ne next question. Who's the world's okay. greatest detective? Who's the world's greatest detective? Yeah. Is that was that question? Yeah. Who's the world's greatest detective? Well, in terms of entertainment value, I think Inspector Clouseau. Yeah, well, he was popular, actually. So, yeah, you're not alone <laughs> on that. You're not alone on that. Um, yes. Love it. Who's the Who's the world's best literary detective? Literary detective. Well, her Hercule Poirot is probably the classic, isn't You'd it? You'd go for that, Charlotte, wouldn't you? Or not? I'd say he's, like, he's really well written, but I'd say the best... As in solving skills would be uh, Sherlock Holmes. Sherlock, yeah, yeah definitely. Arthur Conan yeah. Doyle, but I, I prefer Hercule Poirot because, like, I, I love I love all those books. Yeah. So great. we're gonna we're gonna ask two more. One's gonna be writing related, but one's gonna be uh, just completely bizarre. Who's your favourite Muppet? <laughs> Again. Oh, were you expecting us to start with the writing one? No, no, no. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. Who's my favourite moment? I think Fuzzy Bear has to be. Ah. Thank you. So you, you ah. 
you like fuzzy animal has got to be the just the ultimate just the absolute ultimate but yeah all good and then uh, this was interestingly because we're both book lovers this was the first question we asked in episode one of our podcast so charlotte <laughs> do you want to do you want to ask, on, yes. ask this um if you could be any book character for one from one of your favorite books who would you choose Sorry, I didn't quite... If I could be anything, any what? Any character from one of your favourite books, who would you choose? Oh. These are are more difficult questions than the interview. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And we we like to keep them, like, sort of tucked away so people give us genuine answers as well. That's so hard. Okay, let me let me give you let me give you a, a less serious one. Uh, can, can, you, can I narrow it down? It's actually, I don't, I don't, I don't want. Well, do I want to be him? There, there's a wonderful book called The Confederacy of Dunces. Okay, I've heard of that. I haven't read it. Do you know that book? I've, I've not read it. I've not read it. Uh, it's. I, I. You have to read it. It's so funny. Okay. I mean it. Really it by, very, okay. very funny. And there's a character in that called Miss Trixie. Okay. Love it. <laughs> who is, who is a just, I mean, we would all want to be Miss Trixie when we get old. Right. It's. It, I'm adding it to my book list. Confederance, <laughs> Confederacy of Dunces is, is, is added. Um, ben, that's been amazing. Really loved oh, chatting right. to you today. Um, and apologies for the bizarre questions at the end. But no, no, uh, you it's, are, all, it's all fun. You, 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 <laughs> answered, you answered really well. Um, thanks for your time today. Um, and uh, we'll speak to you soon. Bye. All right. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, bye. Bye-bye, Charlotte. It's good. Good, good, good. Good. Glad you enjoyed it. Should we get from the show? Yes. Yes. Um, I no. think I think I'm <laughs> No, no, we've done it now. We can do it more than once. Tis the end Tis the end Dad, do you wanna go? No. Oh. Right, because we've done it at twelve times now. It is the end <laughs> of the podcast. We've done it. We've done it five times. Five times. It is the end of the podcast. Um Tis the I don't think I've ever seen a look of disdain as severe as the one Charlotte just gave me when I said to Sophie, "Good darling, you do the end of the podcast." She's like, "No, it's no job." But the end is never the end because the end is always the beginning of something new. Yes. And we always do last week's question of the podcast. This week. Now, now I think you might have a really good answer to this. So. Um, because you love an internet black hole, don't you? You love watching stuff that just wastes your time on the internet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, just one tip. Nothing to be proud of, darling. <laughs> yeah. I love wasting time on the internet. Um, talk to us about your favourite internet time wasters. I don't know. I'd say for YouTube. YouTube. I'd say it's probably Cartoon Network, Steven Universe, Amazing World of Gumball. Uh, what else do they do? Adventure Time. I don't really watch Adventure Time. No, that's because it's over. R.I.P. Universe, <laughs> Yeah, but they they released the movie on the second. It was great. Can we watch it tonight? Not again. Please. We watched it last night. Please. 
Um, so you two, uh, YouTube, what thing do you, because my YouTube internet black hole is Donald Trump. Is that CNN? So Donald! Donald uh, Trump, because you love him with him. Uh, I don't love Donald Trump, actually. <laughs> I, I'm not a fan, but particularly... He's your boyfriend! <laughs> 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 uh, well, well, did you realise I'm 42, not set? Donald Trump is your boyfriend. Is it the way you insult a 42-year-old man? In my words, your mates in the classroom. But Donald Ooh. Trump is your boyfriend. Or you love Donald Trump. Is it the way that a 7-year-old and a 42-year-old have a conversation? All right? You love Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> It's a shame. Oh. I get all the asshole, you two get all the recording. Oh, what? And we the free dinners. What? what? Free dinners? What free dinners? You went down to Vashi's place and... Oh, I did. And that that wasn't dinner. free, we had to pay for that. Yeah, and for the donations to go to charity, so I didn't mind doing it. Um, we've got a very... Uh, I'm sure the edit's going to go on strike soon. I'll do it. I mean, if we actually paid it, that might be a worry, but... Um, uh, yeah, oh, you're, you're, you're going to read No, some... I haven't got any software. And oh. my laptop's not compatible with most mainstream software anyway. That's the one you use to do You can't get Audacity no. on my laptop. No, I use... There's no need to edit it. You can't get that on my laptop either. <laughs> you can only get apps on my laptop. Um, work. Ouch. So, so, Russell, so far in this podcast, um, Russell's expressed how, how he gets all the rubbish jobs. And there's thanks. Sophie poked him with a stick. <laughs> uh, so that's and it's made of oh. styrofoam. Oh, oh, a sword. A sword. So, um, we had a bunch of different answers for this question. A bunch. Um, a YouTube, bucket. YouTube was uh, uh, actually 
quite a lot of them. But let me a share. giant woman yeah. handful. Let me, uh, <laughs> let me share them with you. Um, and and let us soon as I find them. So, internet black holes. Let's talk about this. Uh, Andrew Berwick said Eve Online. Now, what is Eve? I think it's an online game, but Eve Online. And then he did, he did a smiley face, and then a wonky smiley face, so, um, so that's good. Second one, John Cook, friend of the show, said... Old episodes of Crime Watch on YouTube. Fancying a bit of... Fascinating bit of forensic and social history. Francis Barrett said... Can I say but it's also my job because she's in social media. Uh, Russell Games said football manager and John Sharma saying we've all been there. I, you know what my uh, biggest time wasting game is online? And I haven't played it for years, but I love it. Civilization. Oh, that is an amazing What a game that was. <laughs> oh, Russell is getting excited. I used to waste time. Yeah. Oh. I used to waste time on Moshi Monsters. No way good times. Is a good day. Go Especially if you go to Romford for a bit of city planning. SimCity. Right, SimCity used to be a good game, okay? But go to Romford for a bit of city planning. Um, SimCity used to be a good game. But the latest one. Don't, don't say City Skylines, it's not a patch on the original SimCity. Yeah, but the original one was good, but the one where you had to plant right wasn't particularly good. No, it lost halfway with that. It lost its fur. Mandy Medlock, friend of the show, said Solitaire. She loves it and she's addicted. And Sean Acton said. Captain Crush! Now, Sean Acton, I know, he's a 52 year old man. He obviously doesn't speak like a seven-year-old, so do you want to try a 52-year-old man's voice? Sean Hansen said, as is me. Do it again. Candy crush. Okay, fine. I can't do a bit of mahjong. Oh, mahjong. You know what my mum used to do back in the day, but free internet. Minesweep. Oh, my love one. Wow, she's loving this. Oh! Um, on the original GUI of Windows, the Minesweeper, yeah. that was fed. I used, uh, I had this app a little while ago, and it was like, you had to investigate crimes, but to get to the certain levels, you had to play Mahjong games in time limits, and it was amazing. What, what game is that? Uh, mystery Mahjong. Huh? Was it called Crime Scene? No, no, that's the one where you pick out all the bits from the crime scene. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, it was like it was like a reenactment of Murder on the Orient Express, but you had to play mahjong between all the chapters, and it was amazing. Yeah, I'm used to that mahjong, but I don't know if I'd, I'd like sort of. I don't know if I'd jump out of bed to play mahjong. I don't know if I'd jump out of bed to play mahjong. What would you jump out of bed for? Fire. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, we've gone off on a tangent as per usual. Uh, but this, my friends, is an end of another episode of The Conscript. It's the end! It is truly the end now. Bye.